was mentioning he didn't answer me, so I'm just going to enjoy a little bit of that. Okay, I'm going to tell you a story about a man named Roy Jones. He passed away last month, and he had an amazing story. He was in the military for quite a few years, and his hands were massive, and he was really fast. He was a huge man, but he was really fast. So he was a boxer, I believe, in the Army, and he was the best on his base, so the generals would trade him around to fight their best boxers when he was a young man. I say this because you need to understand how big his hands were. My dad has really big hands, and my dad's like, his hands were huge. <laughs> so that just lets you know, his guy had, a really, had really big hands. After he was in the military, he um, became a believer, and he loved to hunt. So one Sunday, he was out hunting with some men in the church. Well, the weekend he was hunting, and all the men from the church left to go back to church on Sunday morning. And he was kind of feeling bad, like that he was in the woods hunting on Sunday morning. And, but he didn't know what that meant. He had never, he hadn't lived for the Lord very long, and he didn't know how the Lord could speak to your heart or how to respond or how to listen. So he was walking along, and um, he was praying. He said, oh, God, you don't really mind if I stay and kill my limited squirrels, do you? I mean, surely you don't care. It's not really a big deal to be in church every Sunday, right? And so he's praying, and he's very conflicted. And he sees a squirrel way high up in this tree, and he, he scares it, so he sits, says, I'm going to sit by this tree. And he's talking to the Lord, and he sits down, and he sits with his legs crossed, and he's got his big old shotgun, and he just drapes it across his legs, and he's sitting there. And he's like, I, I just, Lord, I just don't know. I just don't know if it's a big deal to be in church. I just can't imagine that you really care about all that. I mean, I'm living for you. And right about that time, a massive rattlesnake popped up right beside him and he said the head was bigger than his fist which is a monster if you know anything about rattlesnakes I was not putting a picture up there because I hate snakes <laughs> and he froze and it popped right up in front of the barrel of his gun and he was just sitting there shaking and he he was really fast and so he started to jump away and as he jumped away he started pulling his trigger and he shot the snake three times and he jumped up and he ran to his truck. And he was so scared and upset he couldn't speak or breathe good for, for quite a while. When he finally calmed down, he went back to check on the snake, see what it was. And it had, let me get this right, it had 26 rattles. So that means, from what I'm told, it's a really old snake. It was a huge, it was gargantuan. And um, he came back and he told everybody, the Lord wants me in church on Sunday morning. <laughs> For 40 years, he told everybody he could about his testimony, how the Lord let him know that it was important to be in church on Sunday morning. That snake made a powerful presence in his life. Now, that's his testimony, not my testimony. It's not our testimony to draw conclusions from, but he felt that the Lord answered him in his, in his questions with this snake story. When he passed away, my dad spoke at his funeral last month, and he, my dad went around and asking people stories, and everybody knew that story. Oh, you should hear this story, because it impacted him so much. For 40 years, he told everybody that story of how the Lord let him know he shouldn't be hunting on Sunday morning, and that was his, that was his deal with the Lord. He never missed Sunday again to hunt, ever. It impacted him so much, and even before he died, he was telling people, have you heard that story about the snake? How the Lord spoke to me in that situation with the snake. 
So I'm going to read to you out of Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and 25. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Why is this verse important? A lot of times we hear this verse and people are like, you need to go to church. The Bible says, you know, don't forsake the assembling. But that's, that's not the whole point here. It's not just you need to go to church. It's not just you need to show up and be here. No, the verse is important because it tells us why we come together. It says to stir up love and good works. We're supposed to come together, yes, to worship the Lord, to hear the word of God, but we're also supposed to come to church so we can care for one another when we're together, so we can develop relationships, so we can truly get to know one another, to inspire one another. We're here so we can inspire one another, so we can hear your story, your testimony, so we can share our testimony. We can share what God's doing. We can inspire each other. You say, no, God's put this burden on my heart. God's put this thing on my heart, but I'm a little nervous. And we can say, hey, I'll do that with you. That's a good idea. You can do that. We can do things for others. We can care about us. We can pray for situations. Church isn't just about coming and hearing a message. It's about coming together and supporting and loving one another. We do a lot of this in our small groups which is wonderful. I'm a huge fan of small group. I love my people, Bear 2. It's like, those are my people. That's my family. If you don't know Bear 2, you're missing out. And so if I have a need, I can, I can just put my little text message in, and they are there. Those, that's my family. But it's not just them. It's this church family. I, I love coming to church with y'all and hugging your neck because you're my people, and we encourage one another. And we say we believe in each other. And so we don't just come to church because maybe there's a rattlesnake the Lord showed us and we're like, oh, I need to be at church. But I read part of a blog by Kathy Cumbers. She's a business owner. And it said, the best present you can give is your presence. Your presence is the most important aspect you bring to the table in business. They're talking about business leaders, any table, because your presence is what makes the difference. Your presence actually surpasses IQ, job performance, and plentiful skill sets. Now, this is a, a CEO of a company talking to leaders, saying that your presence is more important than your IQ, your job performance, and your skill set. Instead, it's the number one skill for leaders. There are many reasons presence is a big deal, but the most telling is that it cannot be handed off or delegated. You can't delegate yourself. Each individual owns their own presence and chooses to be in a moment or not, with the operative word being chooses. When you choose to be there, people know it. Being present is emblematic of one's values. Do you value the individual or individuals with whom you are present? Are they important enough for you to spend the energy and exercise the discipline to be present? Truth be known, we all can tell the difference when someone wants to be somewhere or they don't. And then Brian Howard, who is a, a leadership counselor, his top five reasons to real relationships, the number one was that you arrange your life so that you are physically present. That's the number one key to real relationships. Roy, the man in the story, his passion was the outdoors, and he had to arrange his life so that his passions were not greater than his passion for the kingdom of God. And so this morning, I'm glad you're all here because you're showing that you have passion for each other and for the kingdom of God. And I just want to say thank you. 
Your importance in your presence is valuable. And we're glad you're here. And that's just a thought. <laughs>